Good day. Welcome in. It is the Bill Michaels show. We're getting Bill up and running here. Some uh, some internet issues in the studio and, and all around. So uh, welcome in. Happy Tuesday. I'm Ben Kenny. Uh, again, we'll get Bill up and running here in a couple minutes. Uh, big show coming up today. Wayne Larravee will join us around 1230. We will also be joined our guy Ben Brown of Pro Football Focus at noon. Talking Packers, Rams, Packers, playoff chances, everything along those lines. Uh, but but the big news where we start today, Milwaukee Brewers made a trade yesterday. Um, they were part of a three-team deal, and Kurt Hogue of the Journal Sentinel did a great job breaking it all down. Urge everyone to find his stuff. They acquire William Contreras, catcher from the Atlanta Braves, and a couple pitchers. They only send away the outfielder, Asteri Ruiz, that they got in the Josh Hader deal. Now, uh, uh, I feel like Hader will probably be traded for half the MLB when this is all said and done. Uh, given the fact that, you know, they already got Ruiz in there, and then he's now flipped for three guys. But they, they fill a big need. William Contreras comes in. He's an all-star catcher. They, they needed bats at that position. They needed guys that can hit left-handed pitching. They really just needed any way to bolster the lineup in a somewhat cheap way. And Contreras does that. A bunch of years of team control. I, it's, a, it's an impressive move for Matt Arnold. I don't really know how they, how they found themselves in this trade because you have Sean Murphy going to the Braves. That was a catcher from the Athletics. The Athletics are just trading away every player with a pulse that they have. And then it, it seems like the Brewers were able to, to swoop in, somehow become part of it, and... Uh, the Braves obviously have been throwing out contracts to everybody up and down the lineup, everybody up and down the rotation. Contreras, uh, the brother of the hated Cub, Wilson Contreras, I guess just was not part of, of the long-term plan there. So I, it's a good move. Is, is, do I know if it's going to work out? Absolutely not. Um, it's, it's one of those things with this baseball team where, uh, yes, you could see the thought process. You could see how it's, how it's beneficial to the lineup, to the team, to the future. You could see the plan there. And Arnold obviously is not David Stearns. He's not the one who made the hater trade. Yet this move being his first and, and I guess his first kind of uh, his first kind of fingerprint on the club, I, I think it's a very positive development. Now, a lot of their long term success, is it gonna have to do with a trade like this? I, I would argue probably not, right? Because uh, Contreras could have a big impact. And as our buddy Andrew Wagner tweeted out, uh, last year he would have been number one on the team in, in pretty much everything. Like, that is a legitimate bat to add to your lineup, to the middle of it, get real production from the catcher position, hit left-handers. But yet I, I look at this, and yes, it's going to help the team, and hopefully the two arms they got, Jaeger and Payomps uh, from Atlanta and Oakland, respectively. It, it's still something that's going to come down to whether they can keep the stars around and what Christian Yelich is able to do. Uh, so so we'll see what the development is there. 877-867-1670. Uh, winter meetings, I think, are still going on. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of baseball movement. The starting pitching market is, frankly, ridiculous. You have uh, probably the most average pitchers getting 50 to 60 mil. I don't know, 13, 14, 15 million per year which kind of leads you to wonder what it's going to look like when Burns has to get paid and when Woodruff has to get paid because 
when I look at the long-term view of this Brewers team, it feels like somewhat of a crossroads, at least from where we stand, where Arnold comes in, Stearns is gone. You traded Hayter, but your your prize prize possessions, the, the top, top chips in your entire organization, obviously are Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. Now, do we see them get re-signed? Do we see something worked out that keeps them a brewer for their whole career and sustains the window of, you know, bites of the apple throughout their careers, throughout the next six, seven years? That's one direction they could go. And then obviously there's the direction of the market just simply outprices them and they're forced to move on, which could end up happening. And that's just the reality of, of where the brewers stand. Uh, This move that happened yesterday doesn't really show me much either way of whether that'll happen with the starting pitchers. The market, as I mentioned, is is insane right now where, uh, yeah, I could see a scenario where Burns is outpriced or or Woodruff is outpriced, but we'll see. We'll see what's able to come of it, and we'll see what Contreras is able to do. Uh, Now, I I expect this will not be the last move made by the Brewers this offseason, especially in the in the free agent market or, or trades still have positions to bolster still definitely need to bolster the bullpen because they did not pick up Boxberger's option you obviously don't have hater and you look at every single one of the deadline moves last year where you talk about Rogers talk about Matt Bush Denilson Lamette who didn't even pitch for the team but those guys in the bullpen they acquired did not come through for them and it was one of the problems uh, of the biggest problems of the whole team so how are they going to bolster the the bullpen? And can they add another bat or two to the lineup? I'm still looking at that. Uh, yet, I, I feel like the biggest addition they could make, aside from having young guys come up like a, a Garrett Mitchell or, or guys in the infield, Terang maybe, the biggest addition Dan Arnold can, can really make is somehow having Christian Yelich return to good form. Because that changes the outlook of your team right there. Um, but putting a guy, uh, putting a legitimate right-handed bat in the middle of the lineup, near Yelich, very, very positive. Uh, the funny thing is, I, I might look at this, might look at this situation and say, if if Contreras has a Hunter Renfro like season at the plate, could be considered somewhat of a win. I might expect a little more, but still, you're talking about a, a right-handed bat, and they did have one. Yet he was traded away. So, so we'll see. Dan Arnold makes his first move. The Brewers get. The uh, the better Contreras brother, or, or at least the one I, I prefer over Wilson, who is now a St. Louis Cardinal. Uh, they give up Asteri Ruiz, the outfielder they got from the Padres in the Hater deal, and and we're kind of off and running. Uh, we see what else the team can do as, as January approaches, as February approaches, and as we get to uh, spring training, pitchers and catchers and all that. 877-867-1670. I'm Ben Kenny. We'll, we'll get Bill Michaels up and running here in a minute or two. We're going to step away, take a quick break, try to get him on on the other side, get his take on the, on the Brewers deal, talk Packers. What does their playoff outlook look like with a win on Monday? What needs to go into that win? All that. Again, Wayne Larravee joins us later on in the show today. Also, Ben Brown, a pro football focus, will join us. A lot more to come. I'm Ben Kenny. It is the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
back in. This is the Bill Michael Show. Some, some internet stuff going on around the state, I, I take, not only here. Uh, so we'll try to still get, get Bill up and running, see if we can a little later on in the program. Uh, but for now, I'm Ben Kenny, hanging out with you on this Tuesday, 877-867-1670. If you want to chime in, do it. Talking Brewers trading for William Contreras, uh, the move made by Dan Arnold yesterday. Also, a, a bunch of other uh, notes that we'll present. We'll see where it takes us during the show today. Uh, first in the realm of Big Ten football, Purdue did hire today Illinois defensive coordinator Ryan Walters as its new head coach. Kind of kind of a weird fit for me. They are normally an offense-driven program. Uh, Jeff Brown being a, a prime example they try to run the spread in the Big Ten, which doesn't always work. They bring a defensive guy in, and that'll be interesting. That uh, It'll be weird to see the measuring stick of where Wisconsin, Nebraska, Purdue go as divisions go away. So uh, that happened yesterday. Uh, and then you also have Packers and the Rams coming up. Now, it, it's been noted by many, and, and this game's on Monday, so we have days upon days to, to talk about it. It's been noted that if the Packers win out, uh, you, you talk about the Rams coming up. Then they obviously are in Miami against a Dolphins team and Tua that have now looked kind of poor two weeks in a row. The Niners put the clamps on them, and then they struggled against the Chargers. Can the Packers defense do that to Tua, or will they just be explosive and unstoppable? Time will tell. That is a Christmas day. They go to Miami. Then they're at home against the Vikings, a Vikings team that is and 10-3, yet has a negative point differential after last week. A loss to the Lions, they are negative one overall. They have won every single game close and then some larger losses. And then they, the Packers host the Lions in the last week. And frankly, hosting the Vikings and hosting the Lions, sitting here today, the Lions game feels like a tougher test given how those teams are playing. The Lions, the line has looked really good. Jared Goff has played great football over the last month, month and a half. The defense has turned it around since firing that uh, the secondary's coach there. So that January 8th game feels harder. It feels like a tougher matchup for the Packers. Now, will they still have something to play for at that point? We, we don't know. But let's say they win the next three, Rams, Dolphins, Vikings. They go into that game with still a shot to make the playoffs. Now, it's been said that if the Packers do win out uh, the next games, they would have about a 60% chance per 538 to make the postseason. You look at that scenario, obviously, that means they had won five straight entering. It means they're hot. It means Rodgers has to be playing well, the defense also. Probably not a lot of teams in the playoffs would want to match up with that Packers team if that is the, if that is the circumstance. But I, I guess a good way to, to look at the schedule and look at the rest of the season today is I, yeah, well, we could talk about what the Rams bring and Baker Mayfield this and and you know the what three and nine team four and nine after last week Aaron Donald might be out like, their season's over and somewhat of a disaster. Now they don't have their own draft pick, so tanking for one is not really a possibility because they traded that away to the Lions to get Stafford. But I we could talk about the Rams game. I feel like looking forward when you talk about. The matchups going to Miami is tough. The Packers will probably be underdogs hosting the Vikings. Not easy. And hosting the Lions, as I said, feels like the toughest match out of the four. Right. And and maybe this is 
just the bias of the last two weeks. But I've watched those Dolphins play. I, I've watched what Tua can can look like when they can't run the ball and the coverage is great. And I've seen what the Vikings look like now that, you know, law of large numbers applies where if you win games by two points, three points forever, eventually you're going to meet your match and get blown out. And, and the Lions took care of them. That game against the Vikings doesn't really concern me somehow. Dalvin Cook has not been playing well. Their defense stinks. And yeah, the Packers defense has not been great by any means as well. But that matchup with the Vikings does not really concern me. If I had to look at the toughest matchup left on the Packers schedule, I might point to the Lions. If I could control the variables that everybody is playing for something that last week. Right? Because the Lions are ahead of the Packers as of today in the playoff race. So that matchup in theory could be for a spot. Uh, if, if everything falls perfectly, I think the Lions in, what is that, week 18, January 8th? Uh, I, I think that is my my toughest matchup left on this schedule. 877-867-1670. Uh, we'll, again, try to get Bill up and running here in just a little bit. 877-867-1670. So, so there's that. Uh, there's the toughest matchup left on the Packers schedule. There's also Peter Bukowski had this this morning and, and I wanted to, to shout this out, make a note of it and discuss it. Uh, if you look at the Packers 2022 class now, uh, the bye week has happened and much of the talk surrounding the team has been big picture, right? Will love request a trade. What will Rogers do? How do they build a, a competitive roster next season with the money and who can they keep? Which of the rookies are, are going to be big contributors? Now, I've been critical of, of the rookie class and, and how it was handled, I, I guess, the approach to it, because I thought that they had to get day one contributors given where Rodgers is in his career and where the offense was without Devontae and also to bolster a defense. Now, that really didn't take into account the defensive coordinator there and what he was doing or what he wasn't doing, yet... Uh, when I looked at Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt in the first round, I love what Quay Walker could be. I was critical of, of those moves where day one, they probably haven't given you those two combined the biggest impact possible. Now, Christian Watson has made me look foolish because he's obviously burst on the scene and leads the NFL in touchdowns in the last four or five weeks. So that one, I mean, clearly a big win back before he, he broke out. I was also somewhat critical of that saying, you know, you needed a high draft pick receiver to help the offense and injuries played a a big role in it, obviously. And since he has gotten healthy, uh, that pick has has shown to be a a very good one. So Peter Bukowski tweeted out the Packers 2022 rookie class. uh, If you look across the NFL, they have the overall rookie class leader in pass blocking. That is Zach Tom who's played pretty well in pass rush win rate. That's Kingsley and Agbare, who we heard Mike Clemens talk about him yesterday. He, he's been great. He, he's been a steal from the fourth and, and fifth round without Rashawn Gary there. He's, he's given them a very, very valuable uh, addition to the defensive line. And I, I mean, he's kind of held serve there in a way it's been kind of the rest of the defense that has, that has collapsed around him. And then they also have the leader obviously in receiving and total touchdowns in, in Christian Watson. Now, two of those guys were later picks, but I, I think as time has gone on in this season, 
and I'll be the first one to raise my hand and say I was wrong. I think the verdict on the 2022 draft class is becoming more and more positive. Now, Bill has long documented their struggles in the third round. Sean Ryan, the guard from UCLA, obviously is suspended right now and has not played. Now, later in the draft, you don't really expect to get many big-time contributors. I still like Samori Toure. I think he could stay on a roster. But you look at the top of the draft, and I guess the wild card to me has to be Devontae Wyatt here, where I know what Quay Walker can be, and I think playing next to Devontae Campbell will help a lot, where he doesn't have to be the quarterback. He could just be free. He could play. I would love to see the Packers use him, kind of like Micah Parsons in a way, or get him going downhill towards the quarterback, as opposed to like when we've seen him get back on his on his back foot, on his heels, have to make decisions, a tackle comes up, he struggled to get off those blocks. And that'll come with time. But I think maybe a more aggressive defensive coordinator, Jim Leonard being one of the names, talk about a guy that knows how to send linebackers at a quarterback. Quay Walker could fit that mold perfectly. I think the wild card and how we evaluate the draft class overall, though, it's got to be Devontae Wyatt. Because if, if he becomes a really solid rotational piece and a, a foundational piece next to Kenny Clark on the defensive line, then you could look back at the class and say, okay, like the early returns were poor and the team was losing and there were a lot of things that played into it. But going into next season, rookie classes are so important for your payroll, how to balance everything when you have stars. Like You need f- five or six guys on rookie contracts, if not more, to have success because then you're able to pay the stars and keep the guys around. Now, that's obviously if your quarterback is not on a rookie deal. Because when he is, you could pay everybody else. But if the Packers are able to get five to six guys going into next year from this class that are real contributors, starters, or big rotational pieces, then you could look a little differently at how the 2022 draft went for Goody. And again, I, I was pretty critical of it to start as the weeks went on in this season and we didn't see big contributions from the class a class that you needed contributions for with two first round picks, a second, a third, two fourths, a fifth and four sevenths. Yet as time has gone on to Goody's credit, to LaFleur's credit, to the player's credit more than anything, those guys have, have really made a mark and, and had a positive impact on the team. 877-867-1670. Okay. I'm, I'm getting word. Now I'm Ben Kenny. Uh, we're getting Bill Michaels on here in a couple minutes. I'm getting word that it could be set. So we're going to do this. 877-867-1670. If you want to chime in and join the show, welcome to do it. We're going to step away, try to get Bill on when we come back in a few. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good day to you. Oh, boy. Not the way we wanted to start the show today, but nevertheless, glad to be here. Um, you Boy, I tell you what, uh, apparently, and if you are in the state of Wisconsin and you are within the sound of my voice and you're experiencing this, maybe you know what it is I'm talking about, but apparently there is a statewide issue with Internet right now. And the way it was described to me was was that uh, it uh, internet is delivered in a stream. Okay, and I don't want to get crazy technical on you, but internet is delivered in a stream. 
And I guess what happened is, is suddenly it started getting delivered in like bunches. It would come in bunches and then stop and bunches and then stop. And it was really chopping things up. So when I went to go on the air, it sounded terrible. I could hear Ben. I could hear the studio, but I could not hear uh, that you could not hear me, basically. So if it gets bad, then uh, there's not much we can do about it. It's just uh, whatever's going on in the state of Wisconsin, Internet-wise, it is what it is. But um, it's been it's been problematic, and it's something that's not, you know, like on my end or on the station's end, it's something that many people are experiencing. It's funny because uh, I had a couple of buddies of mine that texted me and said, working from home today, not doing much, Internet's out. And I saw oh, that's weird, but they live in the same area, so I thought maybe it was an outage there. Nope, it's it's all over. One has AT&T, the other one has Spectrum, so it's not, you know, specific to a, a provider, so it is what it is. There you go. Um, but we're up and running for the time being, and we're looking good. Ben, how you doing today? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I probably spoke okay. more than, than people would have liked, but that is what it is. <laughs> Happy Tuesday. <laughs> So here's the question. Did you cover the uh, the Brewers trade? I did. I, I led with it. General thoughts. Okay. I I like it. I, I like it. I'm not head over heels I do too. in love with it and how much it could do, but it's it's a good move. Uh he was a, a you know, William Contreras, obviously the brother of uh, Wilson Contreras. He uh, was an all star reserve last year. Um, he hits for average, uh, two, what was it? 278, I think is what he hit for last year. I'm reading the story, 278, 20 home runs, uh, gives you good defense, not great, but good defense. They feel that you can quote coach him up, uh, but he's only 24 years old and uh, good catching is hard to find. And obviously with Narvaez leaving for free agency, you needed something and they wanted somebody that could, could give them some offense as well and could carry the load and, that's what they got. So to only give up one player in that deal, that three-team deal, and get a couple back, not a bad way to go. Not a bad that's, – that's a, that's, a, that's a pretty good uh, it's a pretty good deal. Brewers in the market for a uh, catcher for a while now. And uh, Matt Arnold said yesterday the Brewers uh, loved his bat. They've been watching him for a while, uh, according to them. And uh, so now you just uh, – you at least you've got the beginning, kind of your, your, your leader on the field. Um, they, uh, they, they have that beginning up the middle, also getting a couple of pitchers. They're expected to compete for bullpen jobs, which that's what you were hoping for. I mean, Jaeger was in Atlanta's minor league system. Uh, what is it? Is it Samps? Piamps? Payamps? I, I don't, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. The, the other guy they got who's 28, but it's his seventh team. He was in Oakland last year. Uh, the second significant deal, as they say, orchestrated by Matt Arnold of the Brewers. And earlier this month, he ended up trading Colton Wong for the veteran outfielder Jesse Winker. So you clearly see what they're doing. They're they're trying to put bats, people that actually make contact, people that actually hit for an average on this team, whether it's DH, and now they're starting up the gut. And, and while you do it, you start gathering arms. You start putting putting guys together for the bullpen. You need as many arms as you can. You need to just figure it out, but just throw as many out there as you can, like kind of like the buckshot approach. Just one big blast, but just see where all. Well, sorry about that. The uh, technical difficulties have have continued. Um, we'll try to get Bill. 
back up and running here. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to join the show, do it. I'm Ben Kenny. Uh, again, we'll get Bill back up and running, talking Brewers, uh, making a move, kind of not getting the offseason started. But I, I would say after trading Renfro, which I, I wasn't in love with it. I, I liked him as a player a lot. Not the biggest fan of, of Winker. Haven't been. But two years ago, you could see the track record of success from the plate, at least. That could show you maybe something's there. Uh, yet last year, a lot of struggles, some injuries, and not a good defender. So that trade was, I, it, it was whatever. They, it, it was one that they felt like they had to make. But this one at least is one that you feel is a clear indication of, uh, okay, I could see that working out. I could see the lineup having success because of uh, grabbing Contreras. I believe Bill is back. I'm back. All right. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, it's uh, you. You now the live stream stayed up, but the uh, signal between myself and you apparently died. So I, I don't know how long we're gonna we're gonna hang on today, but it is what it is, I guess. So, but I like the deal. I, I it's it, like you said, it's not something that you're going wow. And they dipped into a big time free agent pool. That's not it. But I like what they're doing. They're, they're saying, look, we need as many bats as we can. Our offense stunk. We realize it. We know it. We understand it. So the areas that were the weakest, we're going to get rid of. And that's the reason the Colton Wong thing was interesting, because they picked up that that option. And you kind of went, eh, you know, maybe they know something we don't. Maybe he uh, he was nicked up. Uh, maybe there was just something last year that, you know, maybe just the offense and the struggles that the plate affected the defense. And you thought, you know, eh, bad year, throw it away. There's a bounce back year coming. So when they picked up the 10 million bucks, I'm like, wow, that they must really believe that he's, he's going to be good. And then to ultimately trade him back away. Now you go, ah, okay. What they did was keep a name at a decent amount of money. So if he does bounce back, he will outperform that $10 million. And then they pick something up for him in return. So I'm, uh, I'm, I like what Matt Arnold is doing right now, and it's you, you know. And Jason says, "Are you in the midst of a rebuild?" No, you're not rebuilding. You're just trying to fill holes. You know, you're just trying to fill holes at this point. When now, if you solely rely upon the young guys coming up out of the system to say this is going to be the way we're going to go, and we're going to wait and see if they succeed or fail, and then maybe we'll make a move. We're not hedging our bets in any way. Yeah, then you're kind of like going, you know what? You've got the boat anchor out in left field. you got some uh, really talented pitchers that you're eventually going to trade away. And you're just kind of holding your breath to wait and see. I understand that. Uh, I don't think you're in that rebuild mode just yet. Otherwise, you'd be putting together massive packages for Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, hell, even Peralta if you could, and you'd be starting fresh. Because there'd be no reason to hang on to, to pitching, pitching that's going to make you money or make a lot of money only to say you're, you're rebuilding it. It's those two don't go hand in hand. So I think they're just kind of retooling this thing to say, Hey, let's just get some bats with our good pitching. We can make a run at this. And maybe now I'm not a fan of the Winker uh, clubhouse guy because apparently he's a turnoff to many, but uh, at least maybe they can get some bats, get some uh, guys that can hit for a little bit better average, put a few more guys on and maybe even put some guys around Christian Yelich that will help him. And maybe he even gets a little bit better along the way. So um, I'm in favor of it. Uh, I, I like what they're doing. It's not, like I said, not great, but they're doing something. And something is better than nothing. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, 
do it. Uh, that's the way to get a hold of us. You can find us over on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels, or at Ben Z Kenny, because Ben may have to end up doing the show before it's all said and done with the way the Internet throughout the state is today. Uh, also over on the Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show. Follow us on YouTube. You can subscribe absolutely free. Go to youtube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. There's Twitch TV. And don't forget, you can catch a lot of the show segments, your favorite portions, whatever it happens to be. Go to uh, the podcast pages on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts. You can search us, get a hold of us there. And you can also email the program, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. And the website is simply thebillmichaels.com. That's thebillmichaels.com. Uh, oh, by the way, Zach uh, in Wisco says, uh, not just in Wisconsin, but the upper Midwest as an Internet tech, my day has already sucked. Uh, well, Oh, geez. Okay. Well, there you go. You're a guy that would know. Same thing with Tiffany, who says, uh, I am a operative in the field, been fielding calls all day, trying to make sure, sure, sure certain sectors get up and running. I work more with businesses than I do with personal households, but the Internet has been bad. Uh, Arctic Badger says uh, he believes it's a satellite issue that is a Midwestern satellite recipient. Okay. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just nodding my head going, I gotcha. There you go. I don't get how people understand how this all works. The internet um, and such. Well, you know, like our engineer, Trevor, I got a hold of him this morning. I said, hey, I'm connected. And then I kept dropping. And usually I can, you know, change a wire or something and, you know, you kind of engineer it yourself. I've been doing it long enough and you're fine. But it it, it just, uh, and, and I don't want to get too technical, but there's certain numbers you look at and there's numbers that come from you and you're never 100%, but the best numbers you can get are 99%. Well, 99% of the time I'm at 99. So the numbers were at 99. But the numbers for me sending my signal to you Anything below 80, it starts to break up and sound bad. Well, I was sitting at 22, and, I mean, it would not it would not go any higher. It just stuck at 22. And the way he explained it to me was is normally there's a, a constant stream of Internet that's always returning and always bringing signal back and forth. And you think of it as a train. You know, when every train car is full, it's constantly bringing product. But if there's a train car... Uh, and you've got the engine, and you've got all these train cars, and then in between the train cars, you've got like a gap of 10 or 12 cars where there's nothing, and then you go back to three cars, and then 10 or 12 cars where there's nothing. That's the way the signal's being delivered. That's the reason it drops out and breaks up. That's that's the best way I could describe it, and so it made sense. But that's what's going on is what they call its packet issues. I don't know exactly what it means, but that's mm. the best example I can give you. So there you go. So for all of you that are having issues, it, it doesn't affect really bad, um, say, you know, if you're doing work at home, if you're on Facebook, if you're, you know, streaming and stuff, it does. Non-streaming things, it doesn't affect nearly as bad. But if you're watching TV, say, through Roku or Fire Stick or something, it's probably been a goofy day. It's probably been a little screwed up. Oh, yeah. I was trying to throw out some Grayson McCall takes this morning, and I couldn't load twitter to do it <laughs> terrible that's why that's why there you go oh, oh boy the other uh, big news of the day and i did not mean to uh, gloss over this uh, but uh mississippi state coach uh, mike leach passed away today at the age of 61 now apparently he went to a party a, a, a christmas party or something on saturday 
and between Saturday night, Sunday morning, had a massive heart attack. He was uh, airlifted to a Mississippi hospital where he was in critical condition. He was in a coma. And uh, all day yesterday, they were saying, look, you know, I guess the family was gathering. They were saying, this is this is not good. This is uh, this is pretty bad. And then sure enough, uh, overnight, early this morning, he passed away at the age of 61. And so uh, Mike Leach, which, you know, you knew his face. I mean, whenever, I mean, you know, he, he you know, coached at a few different places, but down at Mississippi State and the SEC, you knew his face. You know, you just knew who he was. And he was a guy that, you know, him and Hal Mummy, they, they're the ones that brought in that air raid offense and studied it. And he wasn't even a football player. He was a rugby player. I didn't know that. I thought he was a football player. And he wasn't. He used to go over, I think he was at BYU, and I think he used to go over to the coach and want to watch film with the coach. That's how he kind of, kind of got into his coaching career. He wanted to watch film and how, you know, football is played because he was a rugby guy, and he really got to be a, a study of the game and then ultimately rose through the ranks. But, yeah, Mike Leach uh, passing away today at the age of 61. So uh, let's do this. We, we believe everything is up and running. We believe we're good. We've got those of you uh, chiming in over on the Bud Light live stream. So hopefully that continues to work. We'll hang on there. Um, that's it. That's it. So let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Hopefully me today. Stay tuned. More after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers are back at the team facilities today, getting ready for Monday night against the Rams. At 5-8, and eight, the Packers are a long shot to make the playoffs. But losses over the weekend by the Giants and Seahawks helped improve their odds. Green Bay will be without David Bakhtiari. He underwent an appendectomy 12 days ago. Matt LaFleur was asked last week if he knew when his starting left tackle would be cleared to play. I do not, so we'll see how he feels when we come back. From what I've been told, it could be it could be a while. So we'll see where he's at. In the meantime, rookie Zach Tom has done a good job filling in at six foot four and just over three hundred pounds. The fourth round pick out of Wake Forest told me he knows he needs to bulk up to match the power of NFL defensive ends and edge rushers. Obviously, the guys you're going up against are way bigger. So that's obviously something I need to work on. That's one of the things I need to work on, just being able to sit down when they do start pushing me back. So that's something that, um, you know, that'll come with, you know, building strength and putting on even more weight. The Rams are now 4-9 after a dramatic win over the Raiders. It snapped a six-game losing streak. Tight end Ben Skoranek on going from winning the Super Bowl to a season with a losing record. It's an emotional game. You know, there's a lot of highs. You know, last year, obviously, we reached the pinnacle, you know, the highest of the high. And then this year, it felt like it was the lowest of the lows, you know, working our tails off. But, you know, we, we never stopped working. We never, you know, had our excuses or anything like that. You know, we just came in uh, each and every week prepared. And, you know, it just wasn't going our way. And, and to come from behind, yeah, I think. I just think it shows, you know, what type of guys there are in this locker room. That's Rams tight end Ben Skoranek in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back to the program. Uh, have a meeting tonight uh, for Fisher House, but it is kind of our end of season or end of year little cocktail gathering that we're going to have. We take care of some business, but uh, where we're doing it is a big supporter of Fisher House. That's out at uh, uh, Smoke on the Water. 
Smoke on the Water, Sloppy Joes, Joe Hennis, Ellen Hennis. They are huge supporters of Fisher House. We can't say thanks enough to them, but I'm kind of combining it because we're heading out there tonight for a, a little gathering. we got some uh, some Fisher House business to take care of, and then afterwards uh, going to enjoy a little bit uh, of food and beverages and such out at Smoke on the Water. So fantastic place. I can't recommend it enough. If you've got a party, if you've got a catering uh, event you're thinking about, they do it all. Check out our friends Joe and Ellen, whether it's Sloppy Joe's on Hubertus, in Hubertus, or it's out there on the water, smoke on the water, either place. Really, really good stuff. And uh, awesome, uh, awesome time. Uh, really is. So there you go. Uh, hopefully it sounds better on the live stream. We had to, uh, we had to, you know, kind of change a few things around. Apparently uh, there's now the news reports that are coming out that uh, it is Spectrum. But I've got some friends that have uh, AT&T Internet as well that have had some problems. So I, I don't know what it is, but... Regardless, hopefully it, it gets better. 877-867-1670. Also, some other news today. Purdue, uh, they went after Illinois defensive coordinator uh, Ryan Walters, and uh, he ends up leaving to become the next head coach at Purdue uh, off of the Brett Bielema staff. Yeah, I spent the last couple of years at Illinois. He was finalist for the Broyles Award, too, which uh, is the nation's top assistant. And he replaces Jeff Brom. He left last week to go coach Louisville, his alma mater. Uh, but meanwhile, the Illinois defense now looking for another uh, coordinator. But uh, Ryan Walters gets hired to go be uh, the Purdue head coach. Ben, uh, you know, the shakeup in the Big Ten and plucking the Brett Bielema tree. How about that? It's interesting. I don't like the hire, but. I just don't like where Purdue fits into the college football landscape. It's interesting for the Packers, though, because if they were going to if they're hiring Ryan Walters, you have to figure a call was made to Jim Leonard. If that was the avenue they were going to go, Leonard's probably more. uh, He has accomplished more than Walters and is probably a better defensive coordinator Mm -hmm. while Walters is great. But when we talk about what the Packers could look like, the like the big obstacle you would think in hiring Leonard would be if he doesn't take another college job. And this was right. one of them that people threw out there as a possibility. So it could I, be good news. I, you're right. I thought to myself when I saw that, I thought that that was one of the first things I thought of was, I wonder if they actually called Jim Leonard. And if they did, did he take the call? Did he not want the job? Did he not want to interview? What was the thought in, in that? And so... You know, I mean, if you're a, a, a Packer fan and hoping that he was going to end up coming back to the Green Bay Packers and taking the job there, maybe that's maybe that's what's on track. Who knows? But, yeah, it's uh, plucking the Brett Bielema tree. How about that? But I'll Bielema say the tree. same thing about the hire as I will say about the William Contreras trade. I, yes. It's a good hire. I don't know if it's going to work out. <laughs> Which is your go-to? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's your go-to. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. But, yeah, Purdue needs uh, to be a, go a schematic force to compete in the Big Ten. Their ceiling is only reached when they have a Brom-type offense with a really good quarterback and great receivers, as we've seen, like when they beat Ohio State and, you know, they sent all these dudes to the NFL. Them being a defensive team that's built like – the other ones in the Big Ten, I don't think that's going to work. They can't get the players right. there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Purdue is tough. Uh, it is um, not uh, West Lafayette is 
a really sleepy. How do I put this? Yeah, it really is. I mean, they've got a little bit of a town there off of uh, 65. You know, you've got all the the makings of a college town. you got a lot of shops, a lot of fast food, a lot of restaurants, stuff like that, uh, malls. Uh, but it is kind of a sleepy, I hate to use the word dingy, but it's kind of a sleepy, dingy town. It, it, there's, there's, a lot of, there's not a lot of impressiveness to it. There's, there's not a lot of landscape to look at and go, wow, boy, that's really cool. You know what I mean? Oh, I agree. Uh, the only place I've been to at Purdue is Panda Express, and it was terrible. Well, Panda Express is everywhere. I, I know, but that one especially was quite poor. Okay. The only time I stop off at uh, at West Lafayette, first of all, that interchange in West Lafayette on I-65 has been under construction since 1972. It's, it's just, it's always under construction and has been forever. Uh, Indiana, they went from having one of the best to one of the worst highway systems around. And secondly, the uh, that the only thing good there is when I get to stop off for White Castles. You get off the exit, you go right. White Castles is about a half mile down, maybe a quarter mile down on the left hand side, and I stop there for White Castle. That's it. That's what I stop there for. I get my fill of uh, onion burgers with gas, and I and I leave, head back up the street. <laughs> That's it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. We got a lot to talk about today. We really do. Uh, Wayne Larrabee, the voice of the Green Bay Packers, is going to be joining us a little bit later on. Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus is going to be joining us today as well. The other thing I want to get into, and we could talk like if you really like the Brewers trade, don't like the Brewers trade, absolutely give us a shout. We would love to hear from you. Uh, if you want to talk about uh, you know anything else going on in the world of sports, that's fine. But. The, the Packers are back on the practice field today. They practice today. You got some pressers today, and then they're off tomorrow and back at it again on Wednesday. It's Wednesday, or excuse me, on Thursday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which would put them back into their regular week of practice leading up to a Monday game, which they, they're treating like it would be a Sunday game with their schedule. So... Uh, so they practice then Thursday, Friday, Saturday after today. So they're off again on 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 Wednesday, and uh, then obviously we'll have the Green Gold Post game show up there on Monday. So we got Ben Brown coming up, and uh, the one thing I do want to talk about today is, and, and this is something that I myself have to admit I'm I've been stuck in before, and that is the thought uh, we talk about it all the time. Quarterbacks that make more than 13% of their team's total salary, they're not winning Super Bowls. And now you've got uh, you've got to think. you got to think about what, you know, if the rest of the NFL is not taking notice of this, you, you got some thinking to do. Because, you know, you look at a guy like right now that's probably going to be the MVP of the league and could very well lead his team to a Super Bowl, and he's not making a lot of money. The ones that are, the established ones, they're good, but they don't look like they're Super Bowl bound good. We'll talk about that coming up too. One sketchy hour down, three more to go. We're gonna go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. We got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. 